Again, glad that you're here today. Been kind of low the last two weeks. I want to encourage you to invite somebody. If everybody will bring one person, we'll exactly double next week. So bring somebody with you and think about who you can invite uh, every single week for our men's lunch. The point of our men's lunch uh, is to be men who are true followers of Jesus Christ, who live as true followers of Jesus Christ, men who know the gospel and who have received the gospel, that's for sure the goal, and men who will then stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ, men who have been so shaped by the gospel that it changes our homes, that it changes our workplaces, that it changes our marriages, our relationships, really the the whole course of our lives. Uh, From the very start, I have said, I remember we started back in this room back here with three different tables. Uh, From the very start, I've said that uh, it's all going to start with men. Uh, If we're going to see a revival in our nation, and you look around, man, we need a revival in our nation. If we're going to see a revival in our churches, we need a a revival in our churches. If we're going to see a revival in our homes, and, and our homes are falling apart, it is going to start with men. And that's the biblical truth of it. It's going to start with, with men who live walking as disciples of Jesus Christ. It's going to start with men. It's going to, it's going to move out when, when it happens to men. Well, here's the question today. What is our guide in that? If, if that is the goal, if those are the goals, what is our guide in that we want to live as, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we want to exist as, as gospel driven people. What will be our guide in that? Well, the, the answer is, and it's going to really be the focus of our message today, is the truth that our guide is the Word of God. Our guide is the Word of God. We need a revival. I've been saying this for two years now. We need a revival of the Word of God uh, in the hearts of. Of men, We need a true revival of the Word of God in the hearts and in the minds of men. Uh, today we're, we're going to continue moving verse by verse through 2 Peter. And today Peter is going to lay out the truth about our guide, the Bible, God's Word. We're in 2 Peter. Uh, we're going to close out the first chapter. We're going to move from verse 16 to verse 21. So again, 2 Peter closing out the first chapter, uh, verses 16 to 21. I want to encourage you every week, if you have a Bible, bring your Bible to the men's lunch. I'm going to read that whole section of verses, and then we'll come back and look at the individual verses. Beginning in verse 16, it says this. For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Verse 19. So we have the prophetic word made more sure to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. But know this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Again, that's the section of verses, and then we're going to move through and look at those verses individually. Looking at starting off at verse 16. Again, it says this For we did not 
follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Starts off and it says, for. Uh, If you you go back and look at the preceding verses that we just moved through, it's talking about our life as a Christian. Our life as we live it according to God's standard as Christians. Uh, It matters how we live as Christians. And so that's been talked about, but then it says, for, for, tying it to this. We did not follow cleverly devised tales. Um, False prophets then as well as now, and that's, that's going to be addressed all the way through this, this letter, uh, they craft tales. They spin tales to draw people in. They, they take the truth and they shift the truth. And, and it says, we did not do that. We didn't have cleverly devised tales. This is the truth. And so he's made a distinction between himself and the false prophets. He says, when we made known to you, when we told you, the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We did not follow carefully crafted tales. We didn't make it up. We're we're telling the truth. When we made known to you the power and coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, The power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, the Greek word there for coming is parousia. Uh, It is talking about in that word the second coming of Jesus Christ. He's going to come again in power. He came the first time and he slipped in unnoticed. He's going to come the next time with great power. And so what he's saying here in this verse, when we told you about the second coming, we didn't make it up. When we told you about the second coming, we didn't craft some kind of story. Now, let me give you a a side note here. That word for, he tells us how how we're going to live as Christians and then he ties it to this. The truth is this, how you live now as a Christian is in light of his second coming. That's what that verse is talking about. Very simply, we have to live like he is coming again. And so we're seeking to honor him with our lives because he's coming again. We're very urgent. Uh, we're, we're diligent in our effort because he is coming again. We seek to lead people to Jesus Christ because he is coming again. And so I want to tell you, we would do very well to live like the truth that Jesus is coming again very soon. Make the most of your time. Jesus is coming again very soon. And so he says this, we did not follow cleverly devised tales We didn't make it up. We told you the truth when we made known to you the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we told you about the second coming of Jesus Christ. And then he says, but we were eyewitnesses to his majesty. He's making a point here for his validity. He's saying, we saw it. We testify to it. This is not secondhand, but we were eyewitnesses to his majesty. Majesty. Now, what is that talking about? Look at verses 17 and 18. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, such an utterance as this was made to him by the majestic glory. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And we ourselves heard this utterance made from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Now, what this is talking about here is the Mount of Transfiguration, the event of the Transfiguration. And in Matthew chapter 17, it tells us that, that Peter and James and John, they are with Jesus, and they are on the mountain that they, they uh, see Moses and Elijah, and they talk there. And, and at that point, 
God says, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And so Peter says here, we were there. We were witnesses to that. We're eyewitnesses of that. We heard it and we saw it. And so he says, we were eyewitnesses to his majesty. Then verse 19 says this. So we, now understand we here, uh, the Greek pronoun is talking about a broad sense. And so it's not, it's not talking about we, Peter, James, and John. It's not that sense. It's talking about believers. And so he's saying, so we, believers, that includes us, believers, we have the prophetic word made more sure. Now I want you to listen very carefully. So believers, we have the prophetic word made more sure. The prophetic word is talking about the word of God. At this time, it's talking about the Old Testament scriptures. He's saying we can have confidence in the word of God. Then he says, to which you do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place. Now, what the verse means is this. God's word directs us as Christians. God's word leads us as Christians. God's word sometimes corrects us as Christians. Christians. And so we want to know the question, how do we live in a way that would honor Christ? How do we live as men who've endeavored to stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ? The truth of the whole section is this. We have to look to the word of God. We have to look to the word of God. We do not look to the culture today. We do not look to what's politically correct today. I do not care what the, 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 the um, Supreme Court of the United States on that court, the, the case they're looking at this week, I'm not really worried about what they decide about that. I'm not looking to the culture. I'm not looking to my instincts. We as Christians, we look to the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We take our cues from the Word of God. We take our instruction from the Word of God. That is how we live as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, it's pretty interesting what it says from there. It says, until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your hearts. You can have confidence in the Word of God. You would do well to be led by the Word of God until the day dawns and the morning star arises in your heart. It goes back up to what it was talking about earlier. It's talking about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, what that means is this. We look to the word of God until Jesus comes again. Do you hear that? In the, in the church age, the age that we exist in right now, we look to the word of God until Jesus comes again. Listen very carefully. The primary way and the only sure way that God speaks to his people today is through the word of God, the Bible. Did you hear that? Until Jesus comes again, the primary way and the only sure way that God speaks to his people is through the word of God. And I, I'll just tell you, we do not have to go read heaven is for real to know heaven is for real. The Bible tells us heaven's for real. Read your Bible. We do not have to go read Jesus calling. We have the words of Jesus himself. Read your Bible. Read our Bibles. We are to look to the word of God until Jesus comes again. Let me just tell you, today people are reading all sorts of stuff about the Bible. And I'm going to say more than any time in human history, 
people are reading more stuff about the Bible all to the neglect of the Bible. You go, you go to Mardell's and you go to family bookstore or whatever and look at all the books about the Bible and we're consuming and reading all these books about the Bible all to the neglect of the Bible itself. Let me just tell you something. Satan is not bothered if you're going to read books about the Bible. In fact, I think sometimes he encourages it. Satan's not bothered if you're reading books about the Bible as long as you never get around to reading the Bible. Men, we read and we study and we hear the Word of God. That's what Peter's saying. Until Jesus comes again, we read the Word of God. Verse 20. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. False prophets, false teachers... False preachers, and they're all over us today. They are, they are all over us today. They teach their ideas from Scripture. They, they twist and they turn their perceptions from Scripture. They distort it. They, they detract from it. They discard parts of it. And, and they take their interpretation and their meaning of it, and they present it as the Word of God. That's not the Word of God. That's what it's saying there. Verse 21. For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Listen to those two verses together. But know this first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture is a matter of one's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever made by act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. Peter's saying this, the word of God the scriptures that we possess, they, they are not the result of human will. But, but he's saying, get this, but men moved, the Greek word there is, is carried along by. It, it really literally means directed by. It's a picture of, of the wind that blows a ship. And if the wind blows this way, the ship goes this way. And if the, the wind blows this way, the ship goes this way. Men directed by the Holy Spirit spoke from God. That's what he's saying here. This is not some human's endeavor. This is not the, uh, the endeavor of the will of a, of a human. These words are carried along, directed by the Holy Spirit of God. Now let, me, let me sum that up for you. What that means is this. Our Bible, it is not the thoughts of Paul. Our Bible is not the thoughts of Peter. But this is the Word of God. These words in our Bible, they are the words of of God. We have, to, we have to understand that. These are the words of God. He spoke them. These are his utterances. These are the words of God. Over and over and over again, people say, you know what, I wish that God still spoke that way. People come in my office and they'll have a mess going on. They'll say, I wish the people that God still spoke that way. I wish, I wish that I could hear from God on this. I wish I could hear his voice, that he would direct me in this, that, that he would lead me in this. And they'll say, you know what, I would follow him. I wish that he would speak in the same way. Listen to me. We need to have the confidence. Be sure he has spoken and he is speaking and he's speaking through his word, the Bible. Lately, there is the thought that this, this is God's word. Maybe it is God's word, but it's not enough. It's not enough. It's 2017. Things have changed, haven't they? 
Science has changed, haven't they? It's 2017, and this, this may be the word of God, but it's, but it's not enough, and I need an additional word. If I could get a new word, then I would have a, I'd have a better understanding. If I could get a, a fresh word, I need something additional to this, or maybe I need an experience. You know, I, I hear the truth of God, but if I could have an experience, then I would know it was God. And there's, there's no flash to sitting around reading the Bible. Listen to me. This is the word of God, and it is complete, and it is with, without error. And the Bible says of itself, it is living and it's active, and it still speaks, and it's relative, relative, relevant to us in 2017. The word of God is enough. I have a fresh word. Well, speaking to somebody else, I'm going to read God's word. Well, I have an experience that, that validates this. That doesn't line up with the Bible, but my experience must validate it. Well, tell it to somebody else. I'm going to live according to the word of God. Listen to me. The greatest thing that could happen, I believe I counted 67 men when I came in here today. If 67 men picked up the word of God, and said, you know what, I have confidence that this is the utterance of the living creator, God of the universe. And I believe he is powerful, and so I believe his word is powerful. I believe he is truth, and so I believe his word is truth. And if the 67 men here say, you know what, I'm going to read his word. And I'm going to study his word. And I'm going to be where we study and preach his word. And I'm going to begin to live out his word. We would see just these 67 men, we'd see a revival break out, I believe. How do I treat my wife? How do I raise my kids? What's my priority set? If we ordered our lives according to the word from God, we'd see a revival break out. Here's how it ends up today. Those are, those are pretty clear words. So what about you? What about you? Next time you hear the Bible, it might be next Thursday. That's not going to work. Well, I don't have time to participate in church. That's when I do these things. That's not going to work. Well, I, I don't understand it. I'm not sure I can grasp it. That's not going to work. What about you? If 67 men said, this is the word from God, and I need to hear from my creator, I want to hear the story of my redeemer. I want to hear how it shakes out when my king comes again, and I'm going to commit to the word of God. We'd see a revival break out today. What about you? Let us be those men. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stay, and I'll lead us in a word of prayer. Glad you're here. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today, and I'm thankful for you. And I'm thankful for a gracious, kind God who doesn't write us off as sinners, who redeems us, who purchases us from the debt of our own sin, who restores fellowship with himself at the cost of his only begotten son, nailed to the cross of Calvary. I'm thankful for my Savior, for my salvation. I'm thankful for the word of God that points us to Jesus. I'm thankful for the word of God that, that is truth settled in heaven and we're not having to go scrambling around to look. God, I'm thankful for the truth of your word. I pray that today in the hearing of your word that we would be reset. We'd be refocused. We might be convicted, Lord. And I pray that out of this room there would be men that would go home and pick up a Bible. That would start to endeavor to say this is God's speech to me and they would read it, give them understanding. 
that they would say, you know what, I want to be where the word is preached and taught. And they would, they would find a church to participate in, a Bible teaching, preaching church. And then I pray that in the lives of little kids because of their dads, in the lives of wives because of their husbands, in the lives of a, of a town that's lost in, in darkness because of Christian witnesses, all stemming from the truth proclaimed from the word of God that there will be a revival breakout. Lord, move in us. And then move to your glory. We love you. We praise you and we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.